Welcome to Becoming Like Jesus, a podcast from Pure Heart Church, where we explore what it means to become like Jesus through the messy and perfect stories of real life and real people. I'm your host, Chantel Hinnon, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. A quick shout out to Real Face Music. The music you are hearing in the background is from his latest album, Sacred Order. Be sure to check it out wherever you listen to music. Just in a few weeks, we are going to be recording a podcast episode that is going to actually end up being our season finale, and it's going to be a QA and a episode with Pastor Mike Delster, and we're really excited about it, but we need your questions. We want to know what are your questions about walking with Jesus, about becoming like Jesus for the sake of others, what questions do you have about faith, about relationships, about serving God, anything goes nothing is off limits, please send in your questions to podcast at pureheart.org and we will be answering those in just a few weeks. This week, we're continuing our conversation about how we can connect with God and be with Jesus and why that's important with Pastor Jen Lindsay. Specifically, her and I talked about this idea of reading scripture and connecting with God through his word. Now, this episode was recorded quite a while back before COVID-19 really was impacting our day-to-day life. So you'll notice that we didn't really go there. We didn't talk about scripture in this season specifically, but I do think it is really fitting. There has never been been a better time to jump into God's word and to connect with God. We can find so much comfort and rest and peace through God's word. And so I'm just encouraging you to lean in today and to uh, hear what Jen shares with us, the wisdom she has for us of following Jesus for so many years and being intentional, um, spending time in God's word. So let's dive in. I'm here with Pastor Jen Lindsay. Hi, Jen. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here. Would you start us off by just telling us a little bit about yourself, how you got to Pure Heart, a little bit of your history? Yeah. Um, Gosh, we first came to Pure Heart, I think, after 9-11 when um, Pure Heart was off of I-17 in Yorkshire. We found the church then, and it was something very different than what we had experienced before, um, but we automatically fell in love with um, worship and Pastor Brian and um, just kind of got connected right away. And all together, I think we've been here 18 years. Um, our kids were um, baptized here, um, accepted Christ as as little ones. And yeah, that's how we found Pure Heart. I am first a daughter of the King. Um, I am the daughter of a single mom. I grew up in a single parent home. My parents divorced when I was three. And then, um, gosh, I, Mark and I, my husband and I were married when I was 20 and he was 23. We've been married 29 years this summer. Um, and we have three children, um, four, if you count the one that married in. Uh, we have a daughter that's uh, 25 now, her and her husband, um, Caleb. And uh, then we have twin boys who um, maybe is another podcast. They're miracles in our lives. But um, yeah, God gave them to us um, 22 and a half years ago. And uh yeah, so that is my family. They are the most important thing to me. And then after that, um, at a very young age, uh, God kind of called me, I think, to be a teacher. I knew probably around 12 years old that I wanted to be a teacher. And um, 
went to, you know, through high school, graduated from Deer Valley here. That's where Mark and I met. Um, we're, we've been in Phoenix almost all of our lives. So looking to leave all the time, but here we are. Um, and I went to ASU West, graduated from there with my bachelor's and taught, um, all, all together, uh, just over 15 years. So I've taught everything from fifth and sixth grade, first and second multi-age, kindergarten's my favorite, and that was my sweet spot. So. Awesome. Awesome. And then you've been here at Pure Heart on, in a few different ways, like on staff, is that right? I have. Like you were on staff a while back, and yeah. left for a little while, and then now you're back. Is that yeah. kind of, how is that, how did that work? It um, was, let's see, I we were still at I-17, and our founding pastors, um, his wife was the children's pastor, and she asked if I would come on board and be a an elementary coordinator with her. And uh, about that time was the uh, major transition of what um, Pastor Dan was moving into the senior pastor role. And... Um, the founding pastor and his wife left, and um, I was at that point in time the uh, assistant director, and was just kind of pushed into direct what we called the director. Um, so essentially, what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. um, I did for three years, and uh, never really felt like I was in my skin in the right place, and um, found myself. Um, feeling like, okay, do I need to go back to the classroom? Um, Is that, you know, am I in the wrong place, out of my skin? Um, And chose to do that. My teaching certificate was just about to expire. And so I was like, okay, I'll go back to the classroom, get those 180 hours that we needed at that time and make sure my certificate stays um, current. I taught kindergarten in public schools for one year, and then I applied at Northwest Christian. Um, I don't know if I moved out of my role um, too quickly, but God uh, still provided. He was faithful. He gave us um, an awesome experience at Northwest. We had never saved for our kids to be able to be in Christian school. Um, It was a little bit of a tough transition. Our daughter, Taylor, was in eighth grade, and the boys were in fifth grade. Um, So changing schools in junior high and leading into junior high was a little tough, but um, all of them finished their time there, graduated there. I taught for over 10 or eight and a half years and then was in administration um, in their preschool for two and a half. Um, Found some of my best friends there, um, as did the kids. Taylor met Caleb there. And um, so I know God, uh, you know, used that. place in our life um, in in mighty ways, but it was, um, I don't know, like I said, if that was me kind of moving myself out of the position of where God wanted me, because here I am, I'm back. back. (laughs) That's just in the last couple years, right? Yeah, I um, have been on staff again um, 14 months. Yeah, I asked you about that because it was really fun when you came back on staff and I saw you, I had this moment, I was like, she she was like the you she was the kids pastor when I was in kids. Wait mm-hmm. a second, and then I like recognized your sons, and I was like, I was in kids with them. Like yeah. I remember when they were really That's little, and I was really little, and I was very much in and out of pure heart. But it was kind of this really fun moment of like, oh my goodness, I remember this, and yeah. and now you're kind of you're That's back, cool. which is super fun. For the next couple of weeks, we're kind of kind of dive into the podcast, different ways that we connect with Jesus. How do we spend time being with God? And so I'd love to just hear about how that's been been true for you. Over over your lifetime of this being with Jesus before you do or as you're in ministry and doing sure. different things. Yeah. yeah. Um, growing up in a single parent home, I 
Uh, my mom was not a follower of Christ, and I had found a best friend my freshman year in high school that brought me to church with her, and that is where my walk with Christ really kind of became personal. I had heard about Christ. Um, I had had a grandparent introduce me to um to and pray with me the salvation prayer um, at 13. But, and I came back from that, you know, visit with that grandparent and asked mom, can we go to church? And she was like, yeah, let, and we tried a couple of places. And, but I don't remember, obviously nothing clicked because it didn't continue. Um, so I would say when I came to Faith Family Church. It's a little, it was a little house on the corner of 51st and Greenway um, when my best friend brought me there. That is where my time with Jesus really became like a relationship. And so that looked very different than it does now. Like oftentimes we would, we would have church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Um, but then also we would have times of like a intercession prayer. And uh, I I don't know why. I just thought, okay, doors are open. I'm supposed to go. And I would go. And um, I have very vivid memories of laying on the floor in the in the sanctuary and, and interceding and praying. Um, and that nobody had taught me that other than, you know, the role models at the church. So I think it kind of really began my spending time alone with him in, in those moments. And I don't know if, you know, God just mark that and, you know, help me, um, begin to get kind of a pattern and a, a desire to spend more time with them. We would always have like, uh, uh, youth camps, you know, a winter camp, a summer camp. And so that time would be always something we really looked forward to. And that worship, um, the night of praise and worship and just spending time, um, praising him and, and worshiping and, and listening for God to speak to me. Um, was always uh, really special. I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but <laughs> I have always yeah. loved worship and really felt connected, you know, to him in that way. Um, I think because I'm an only child and a rule follower, uh, more along the lines of like a type A personality, it was just implanted in my mind, like, I got to spend time with, with God. And the way I'm going to do that is to set a pattern. And for many years, um, have just gotten up early and um, each morning and try to spend, you know, time, um, whether it be praying, um, sometimes fall back to sleep. So stand up and walk and pray over my home or over my family um, and spend, you know, time in the word, sometimes journaling also mm -hmm. and, and writing my prayers out um, and just trying to... Uh, I guess, expose myself as much as possible to that time alone with God. I, I'm more of an introvert, and I greatly appreciate time alone. So like in the classroom, um, when I was surrounded by, you know, kids and people needing all day long, or even in ministry when you're, you know, on the weekends when you're just talking with people continually, um, that I can do that all day long, but then like my ride home is a, I turn off the radio and just kind of listen and have peace and quiet. Um, and that alone time, I think was um, definitely where I would just initiate, you know, trying to empty the silence um, between God and I by praying and, or by worshiping on my own. And so I just, yeah, setting the 
um, precedent that spending time was what I needed to do. And I just kind of created that pattern. And sometimes that's bad because it becomes a, I don't want to say ritual, but it, it, it can be just, this is just what I do. And mm-hmm. it's almost mindless, you know, um, it's finding that balance, right? Like it's, it's a discipline, right? And there's right. Like something beautiful about creating a pattern in your life where you're going to God every day. And that's like a good thing. Yeah. And then in seasons, it's so easy to, to get it to, it gets into a rhythm of where it's like, I'm just checking this off of a yes, list. Exactly. Um, but God's so gracious with us in mm-hmm. that. Right. And he mm-hmm. meets us in those moments. And I think the most important thing in my walk in those seasons, when it's been hard and it felt, feels like, um, a religious task or something mm-hmm. that I just have to do of being honest about of just yeah. how I'm feeling that God is okay with me being honest with him of like, right. This is hard for me and I don't feel like I'm connecting. Right. Um, but learning how to, to do it anyway. And I don't think I'm, uh, I don't have nearly the years of practice mm-hmm. and, um, the, the time spent, you know, doing that as diligently as what I've heard you. And I, and I see that in you as mm-hmm. I've experienced being on staff with you just in the last couple of years. I mean, in the last year, I guess you said 14 months, um, getting to, to see like how scripture and, um, just God's presence and his peace kind of flows out of when you speak and when Mm. you share things, um, you can tell it's like deeply woven into your life, which is Mm -hmm. really cool. Um, and so I love to hear you share, you mentioned worship, you mentioned prayer, um, you mentioned scripture, scripture specifically. Um, why is that an important part of just in general, our walk with Jesus, but specifically, why has it been an important part of your journey with Mm -hmm. Jesus? I think I see um, scripture as our owner's manual, our user's manual to our relationship with Christ. Um, first of all, it just gives us a, a history of nonfiction. You know, I hate using the word stories, but events, happenings, um, to be able to show God's hand um, throughout, you know, history. Um, but also in the New Testament specifically, the the letters that um, are written are direction for us and and um, an example and a model through Christ and through the relationships, through the uh, people, whether they're ups or downs, we're learning from them um, continually by looking at their you know positive experiences or you know, it's easy for me, like oftentimes I'll look at the Israelites and go, come on guys, what, what took so long? <laughs> yeah. But yet me too, I'm going around the mountain again, trying to, you know, overcome something that is a regular problem, you know? Um, so being able to look at it as a, as a owner's manual, and this is what I'm supposed to be walking like, this is what a relationship with Christ should look like. And he tells us so much, um, and oftentimes it's really uh, detailed and hard to dig into and get an understanding from. But I also love that you can go back to the same story and learn something from it um, different each time as well. Um, and I think part of that has something to do with our maturity. Like, okay, now I, I'm a little bit more mature. I see that or I see this as applicable in my life. But um and that's why it continues to be alive and, and, and growing us because we can learn from it, you know, differently each time we're going back to the same thing. 
Yeah. You mentioned something interesting there that I think, especially for somebody who might be new to scripture, is really important because um, there's different types of writing in the Bible, right? right? So this isn't just like one book that was written all at once that has the same type of scripture. I mean, mm-hmm. the same type of writings in it. It's an accumulation of 66 books over the course of of many, many years. And there's like different things. So you talked about there being story. Some mm-hmm. of it's written in narrative. That's not necessarily like you read some of those stories in the Old Testament and it's like, well, that's not, uh, right. when you said owner's manual, it's not like, oh, I should go and do that because that was not good. <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is showing yeah. me what not to do. Right. Um, there's some stories there of just real life though. And then you have like things like poetry and, mm-hmm. and songs and the Psalms, right? And then you have, you mentioned the letters in the New Testament with writers of like Paul and different authors there that are, they're writing more to a, a specific people group. And some of those things are more like, hey, do this. Mm-hmm. And we can learn different. We learn differently and we approach those scriptures differently. But right. I think, um, I think of, you know, just getting started of like, where do I start? How do I start right. reading the Bible? First, you got to know what you're reading. Because if you open up, you open up Psalms and you read it like it's going to be a story. It's, it could be confusing, you right. know, or yeah, you, exactly. you, again, you open up the book of Genesis and you're reading some of these crazy stories of what's going on and slavery and different things. And you're like, what am I supposed to get from this? But, mm-hmm. but that it's a story that's been crafted over time. Um, and so I would love to hear what are those ways, how have you, what's been important to you to connect with scripture? Cause mm-hmm. like I said, it can be complex and a little overwhelming. What's been, what's helped you access scripture, um, and made it easier for you to connect with God through scripture. Yeah. I think, um, for me, I can pinpoint in my life different times where God has given me a little nugget or a a piece of scripture that was applicable to something I was experiencing. Um, so for example, the very first time I ever remember like memorizing a scripture, feeling like God gave it to me, I was not not too much older than 15. So just about like 16, I had a dream. Um, and I woke up and I, uh, thought I remembered a specific scripture and I was like, well, that's weird. I, you know, I don't know what that scripture says. So I went to my Bible, I looked it up and, um, it was Proverbs three, five and six and, and, uh, read it. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's cool. You know, um, didn't really know what to do with it, you know, and was like, okay, I'll lock that in the back of my brain. Hold on to that, you know? And, um, I don't know that I even considered that God was maybe speaking that to me and forgot all about it. And, but then also felt like a, kind of like a guilt or, or a shame, like, God, I feel like you gave me something and I didn't, do anything with it. Will you, and, and earnestly was praying, will you show it to me again? I, I am so sorry. I forgot it. I have no idea what it was. And, and he did. And he, um, I was babysitting that weekend and I walked out of their bathroom and it was a scripture on their wall. It said, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And that's kind of just, you know, people say like, oh, that's my life verse. Meaning that's a verse that really, you know, um, ministers to me or impressed on my heart, whether it was that time that I was going through something or what, but um, I've been able to apply it, you know, many different ways. And that's where I see God um, uses his word um, most for me and by giving me a little nugget to kind of think about and ruminate and process over a period of time. Because when I sit down to read... I learn best um, by hearing 
and uh, by seeing things. So reading for me, I will, I countless hours, I'm sure, sitting and reading the Bible and not getting anything of it, just checking the box, mm. like you said. And um, so when I'm able to get something truly from it, it's typically through like a Bible study or, or a pastor preaching it. And then I go back through and, and look at it and kind of think about it and see where does that apply in my life. And so I, yeah, those moments where I feel like it's something that relates to what I'm going through right now, I can see where that applies in my life. That's how I really connect with his word the best. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I can get wrapped up in a, in a, in a story, in a, a, um, an event, but like I said, hours upon hours of just reading because I knew it was something maybe I should be doing and I wasn't getting anything out of it. Um, so I, I was probably 40 years old before I went, God, I don't love your word. I want to love it. I want to find it as life. And, um, I could, like I said, see points where he had given us scriptures that applied to what I was experiencing, but I didn't like long for it. And um, the times that I have longed for it have been seasons where I was going through a study like, um, you know, like a Armor of God um, by Priscilla Schreier or, and going through it with other people so I could talk through it. Um, and that's that auditory learner in me. Um, and, you know, go through and, and listen to someone give, uh, preach about a certain scripture or a certain passage and then go back through and answer questions about it and just really get a deeper understanding of it. I think um, I learned best at, by talking through it and, and hashing it out with people, you know. Mm. Um, and so that's where I, um, I find the most life, I think, from God's word. But there have been times where, you know, he is specifically, like in that dream, showed me something that I needed. And, and um, that verse has been encouraging or, or I needed to share it with someone else to encourage them or utilized in, you know, some fashion in our lives. Hmm. That's really cool. I heard you talking about um, like like wanting to long for and desire God's word. And, you know, I hear a lot of people oftentimes talk about wanting to hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, and I understand that. And I think we want to hear God's voice in prayer. We want yeah. God to speak to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I think in my own life that I've had to learn, if I'm wanting God to speak to me, that he already has mm-hmm. in his word. And yeah. so if I start there, then it's amazing what he does when he draws a scripture to mind and, and connects me with that. But I have right. to first kind of start where Be he's already it. spoken. Mm-hmm. Where Where is he already speaking? Not just that he spoke in the past, but that it, it, you mentioned this is active. You can mm-hmm. read a, a scripture, you know, for the hundredth time and get something different, mm-hmm. which is yeah. amazing to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ways that God has, has already spoken to us that we can engage with God there, but that he's still, you know, speaking in other ways as well. What has been, um, and you, you mentioned it a little bit, but what, what is scripture? How does it impact your day-to-day life? Would you say? Mm. I, like I said, I, I think I learn, um, best through auditory learning and it takes me a long time to process. I probably have a processing, um, problem. And so I think being able to, 
read a piece of scripture or to hear scripture and then just think on it and and talk through that with myself and with God. Um, just, well, what does that mean? Trust in you with all of my heart. Well, all of my heart. Um, I'm having to be, you know, pretty vulnerable and pretty open to give you all of my heart and to um, allow you to, uh, I don't know, be able to um, see all of me. And so I think processing it and thinking through it and looking at it and going, Lord, where today am I going to need to trust you? And asking for, hey, Holy, you know, Holy Spirit, will you prompt me and show me this is an area where trust maybe isn't um, isn't something I've given over, um, or being able to um, look at what's going on in our life and say, where is this scripture applicable? So, for example, um, one of our boys was um, being bullied when he was in second grade, and um, when I say bullied, like this kid would come behind him in the cafeteria and shove his face down into his um, food, into his plate of food. And he hadn't told us about it. He had kind of kept it to himself. And then he was beginning to get anxious and have anxiety attacks about um, going to school because he didn't want to experience that. Um, and so for me, like I knew a scripture would be helpful to be able to A, help him kind of process and think through and keep his mind off the anxiety or the anxiousness and that worry, but then also to encourage him. And so I, you know, I um, went to the word and looked at um, Joshua. Um, it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I wanted him to know, A, this experience, even though somebody is, you know, um, uh, struggling, bullying you, um, God's with you, even in that experience. And he, um, is protecting you. And that's hard to see when in the moment you're, you're seeing this kid that's bothering you or that's bullying you. Um, but you have to be strong. You have to trust that he's with you. And that was just something I was having him, um, recite over and over and over to kind of overcome and calm down that anxiousness. But then it became a reality of, you know, also including dad and I in that picture. And then so we could talk to his teacher and his principal and, and be able to help him kind of, um, find some strength and, and speak up for himself as well. Um, so just being able to, to find, um, God's word, alive for right now what am I experiencing and and um and be able to apply it to your life that life application is so so important you know and that's where I feel like I have a couple dozen scriptures that are are so helpful to be able to either a pray over someone or be used to encourage them in whatever you know situation they might be walking in now you mentioned um a couple of times we talked about kind of your natural inclination, like reading it, you were, you were struggling. You mm -hmm. might not, it wasn't super easy for you and you're more of an auditory learner. Will you share a little bit about like that process? How did you learn to, um, engage with scripture in different ways? Cause I think when we think of scripture, I think, oh, okay, I'm going to open my Bible and read, read it. So how did you start to like learn new ways to do that? Or how would you encourage somebody, uh, that really doesn't love reading or yeah. is it's hard, for, it's not easily accessible that way for them. What are some, some tools that were helpful for you? Sure. I think I learned, um, I've learned a lot about myself as a teacher, 
um, because I would look at my students and go, okay, they're not getting it. Um, I got to think of another way to be able to present this information. And I kind of looked at each of my objectives for my class, like how many different ways can I present this same objective so I can meet the, um, you know, the type of learner that Chantel is or that, you know, Jennifer is and, and be able to, um, help them, uh, learn the best way that they can. So I had some, I had two, t uh, students that were in my class in kindergarten. The majority, it was getting close to the end of the year. The majority of the kids were reading basic, um, books and these two kiddos were still struggling with at times letter identification and definitely sounds. And so they weren't going to learn to read without those sounds and that, that information. So it really kind of became a, a, treasure hunt for me to try and figure out what is going to help these kids. I have short of standing on my head. Um, I can't help them, you know, get this. So there's something going on, you know, it's worked for however many other kiddos, you know, what's going on. And so it just kind of brought me through a journey of, of experiencing, um, I've got to help these two. And I was asked if I would move to first grade, which, becomes a little bit bigger, a lot bigger expedition when you're in first grade, because that's really where the meat of learning to read comes from. And so they, I said, yes, I would move to first grade. I had, um, had not taught first grade in probably over 10 or 12 years. Um, but I wanted those two to come with me because A, I had already tried so many different things and B, when they did finally learn how to read, I wanted to be the one that got the fruit from it because <laughs> I'm like, there, it's in there. I know it is. They can do this. But I wanted to also see what tactics were really going to work for them. Um, in that process, I um, found a program and learned about the indicators for, um, identifying someone who has dyslexia. Um, I identified myself fairly, you know, certainly, I mean, a, um, neuropsychiatrist is somebody that can diagnose, um, dyslexia. And so I didn't go through that process, but I could look at the identifiers, the indicators and go, yep, that's me. Yep. That's me. Yep. That's me. Oh, guess what? That's also my mom. Um, thank you mom for, um, giving me, you know, letting me inherit your dyslexia because that was definitely where it came from. So, I kind of started to figure out, okay, no wonder I don't comprehend when I'm reading. I don't remember learning to read. I obviously did at some point in time, but it was not an impactful process for me. And so I think part of that is why it took me so long to figure out, um, yes, I have a processing struggle and yes, I have a trouble um, comprehending and those were indicators, you know, for me that maybe um, this was why God's word or anything I read, even, you know, in high school or college, I had to have complete silence, no radio going on, no, you know, anything. I couldn't usually study with someone unless we were quizzing each other. Mm -hmm. Like I just, you know, began to put the pieces together like, oh, this is why I don't do this well. This is why it's, I have to read things three or four times to be able to understand it. And so it wasn't just God's word, which at the time I thought it was, but um, it was pretty much anything that I really wanted to learn. Um, it was going to take me a few dozen times to go back over it and, and really grab onto it. And so once I figured that out, um, it 
helped me begin to say, okay, I can um, help these two by finding a program that is written specifically for a child with dyslexia. It's just a different approach. It's more hands-on. It's more um, auditory, visual, hands-on, all those different things, not just looking at the words and reading it. But how many, again, how many different ways can you um, engage your body and your senses to be able to um, get an understanding of the language? And so that's kind of where I began to realize, okay, I've got to do Bible studies with people or talk with people or even, you know, listen to a podcast or um, an uh, audio Bible study so that then I can, while also looking at my word, go back to it. I, you know, highlight it, write notes and, and be able to, um, process it. Mm. And what I think is so cool about what you just shared is that you can kind of adapt your experience when you're, when we're talking about scripture specifically, and you're talking about, um, with these students that you're helping them engage in just learning how to read in general. But with scripture, I think it's so often we can feel like, oh, well, I've got to do this, like, I got to do this reading plan like everybody else, or I've got to, you know, read the Bible in a year, or I've right. got to, it has to look a certain way. Yeah. And I think giving people the freedom, no matter where you're at in that process of like, it can look different for you. So mm-hmm. maybe for me, sometimes that means sitting down and I can't even concentrate on very much. So all I got was like, I read two verses over and over again for mm-hmm. a little while and yeah. just meditated on them. Right. And other times I can read a whole story or a whole chapter and that's something that I can chew on for a while right. or learning how to access it in different ways. Um, and so I think that's really, thank you for sharing that part yeah. of your story because I think that's important for people to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, you also mentioned one thing you kind of talked about and I'd love to hear you kind of um, ex- expand on this just a little bit. You mentioned kind of like almost asking questions of the scripture mm-hmm. and that's kind of a tool for comprehension in general, right? We right. like ask questions of what we just read, but what has that been like for you? Because you're, you're, I hear how you, um, you read a scripture and then how you get to apply it to your life. Um, and it seems like there's something in that of like asking the question of the scripture, because sometimes we, like we said, we read a story and it's not like prescriptive, like go and do this. So mm-hmm. how do we start to learn how to apply that to our lives? Right. I think, um, being able to, I oftentimes like I take people at their word or I'll take something, I think I have like a blind faith um, approach to to life in general, which can be good and bad. And um, so with a blind faith, I, I'm not a question ask, asker. If you say you're going to do this, I'm okay, you're going to do this. Um, and so I've, I think my husband has really kind of impressed or pushed me into being a little bit more of a question asker um, and just being, you know, well, why is this the way that it is? Or why does God say we have to do this, you know? Um, and just asking that why and being able to uh, say where to does it apply in my life or does it, you know, is it something you want me to share with somebody else, God? Um, so I think Mark, my husband, has been definitely an influencer in that because um, it's not my natural bent and I'm still not great at it, but it does, I think the comfort level of talking with God and asking that why is a little bit more um, there than it is with a person, you know, in front of me, because mm-hmm. that person can think of me as stupid or think that's a dumb question. And whereas God, I, I feel more safe, 
you know, and um, can take that risk probably a little bit easier. Um, but I think that also kind of relates back to being a teacher. When the kids would, we would sit in small group and read a story. My job was to facilitate the discussion around that story. So, you know, who are the characters? Where are they at? Why are they doing this? Um, and that kind of just, you know, came as I spent time as a teacher. So maybe that, you know, has a part of it as well. Yeah. And I, I think that's so important because I definitely, I think we're talking about being with Jesus and we're talking about reading scripture and those things can be the same or they can be two different things. Mm-hmm. Like I can approach scripture and read something and not actually ever connect with God in that process. It yeah. is possible for me to do that, especially when I'm doing it to check it off a list right. or something like that. And when I give myself permission to ask questions and to show up and, um, if I don't understand something to look mm-hmm. up a word or to, to, to question kind of what am I reading? What does that mean? Why is that there? Right. Um, it helps me to connect with, with the meaning of the passage, but then also helps me connect, I think with God at a deeper level. Um, when I'm, when I'm curious about it. Yeah. And so learning how to cultivate that muscle, because I think so easy, it is really easy to show up and say, Oh, this is the Bible. So I'm supposed to read it and right. believe it. And there we go. But, um, it's okay for it to, to challenge us and to, mm-hmm. to be curious when we're approaching it. So I think that helps us connect with God. Um, last question that I have for you that I would, I guess for the person who maybe is listening, who, they don't know even know where to start. Where would you encourage them? Is there maybe, maybe it's a specific book of the Bible. Maybe it's um, a specific way to engage scripture. Is there any way that you would encourage them as like a first step? They want to start engaging with scripture yeah. um, and they have it before. Well, don't start at the beginning and aim to work all your way, all the way through. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I would say, gosh, um, James is my favorite um, book of the Bible, and I felt most connected to um, in understanding, you know, his walk. And and um, but Romans is a great um, place to start too for being able to, I think, carry out and under get an understanding and a solid. Um, base of what salvation and baptism, all of that looks like. Um, so I think that would be great. Um, and actually, any Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, um, all of those um, at the beginning of the New Testament would be um, really cool to be able to look at those books and realize that the majority of those are telling the same story. Yeah. There's different um, details included dependent upon who the authors are. Um, And I'm not opposed to, you have to be careful with this, but I'm not opposed to like going to a commentary. So even just typing in, Googling a scripture and being able to go to um, any of the commentaries that come come up and and see what other people have said about them Um, because those people have probably spent a lot more time in the word and and maybe even studied, uh, you know, um, theology and have a a deeper, um, detailed understanding of, of what the authors are saying. But any of those first few books, I think, would be um, a great way to kind of get your feet wet and, and start to understand um, who Christ was and what his his purpose here on earth was and, and what his walk looked like. And uh, 
um, yeah, that would be my recommendation. We, I also love, um, we found this, uh, I think it's a Netflix, um, series. Now the name is slipping my mind. Gosh. Um, I can't. That's okay. If you remember it, let me know. I will. In like the show notes. So it basically gives you the picture of what the, um, what the gospels were, what Christ's life was like, but it does it with modern day, um, acting Mm. gives a little bit of obviously, uh, freedom for adding some personality into uh the the disciples um mm-hmm. as Jesus chooses them and you can see some of that in the bible but it's cool to be able to i think it's called the chosen okay. um it's cool to be able to walk through that and and go back to god's word and see well was that an artistic privilege that the 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 producer was adding in to give to the um personality of of Peter or was that you know something that i can really see in the word so to be able to kind of do a co- contrast and comparison and be mm-hmm. able to go back to it um that's been fun for us to kind of look at and go well that i don't know about that you know and just mm-hmm. kind of talk through it as as a family so I, I said it was the last question, That's but I okay. lied. I have one more. <laughs> so for the person who's been uh, listening that maybe has been following Jesus for a while, mm-hmm. who um, is really struggling to connect by reading scripture that mm-hmm. maybe feels really dry, like I've read this before and it's just become kind of like a thing that I do, mm-hmm. what would your encouragement or maybe a suggestion be for them? Yeah, I would say find... Uh, you can go talk to my husband because he will always, he's like a professional devil's advocate. So even though God's word is, um, is life to him, he loves to be able to look at it from a perspective of, well, the Mm non-believer or someone to challenge it. And, and I think that helps establish God's word in us more so when we can argue it. Um, and he's really good at arguing. Um, but so in all seriousness, though, being able to um, find someone to talk with and to be open with that, hey, this is just dry or not, you know, I'm not getting anything out of it. Do you have any ideas? Do you have any recommendations? Um, a lot of times that person, you know, if you're praying and asking God, God, show me something from your word and you are open to talk to somebody about it, maybe God's going to use that person or they have resources that have ministered to them or blessed them with. So whether you're in a small group and you guys can, you know, talk through um, scriptures um, or you just have a close friend that, you know, you can reach out to and say, hey, what do you do? Or has this ever happened to you? Mm-hmm. It goes back to being vulnerable, you know, and yeah. you have to be willing to own that and say, this is not working for me. You know, what else is there? And to be able to say that to God too. Mm-hmm. Um, and mostly, I mean, he knows it. So it, you're really identifying that for yourself yeah. and being able to share that um piece of you, um, and be open to that. You know, um, I would say to me, like I've, we've referred to quite a bit, um, studies are great. Um, Beth Moore's kind of can be kind of deep. I love, um, Priscilla Schreier. Um, she's the, um, gal that did the armor of God. And I, 
probably that's probably the the book or the study that I've learned the most from in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and anybody that can also walk you through what what it's like to pray God's word, mm-hmm. because as you can begin to connect with His word and then use that in your prayers. Um, I feel like our, you know, you can't go wrong because you're praying God's word and that's definitely um, truth. Um, but then also it's strengthening you and helping you to be able to um, to hold on to that word and 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 um, know it and truly walk it and and apply it to your life. So when you're praying it, um, you're using it, you know, in your everyday, whatever you need. Um, and yeah, find a way that you best learn and be able to um, connect with it that way. I mean, we live in an age where, you know, if you don't learn by reading it, then find a study um, and write things out, write God's word if you need to, um, or find friends that will study it with you and talk with you about it, that you're not afraid to say, well, I don't, I'm not sure I believe that. I want to because it's truth, but I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure, you know, yeah. and just being able to hash those things out. Like I said, Mark is um, definitely a safe person um, to be able to do that with. But to have people that will challenge you in your thinking is is important too because that helps solidify your understanding of the word or maybe go, maybe I'm wrong on that. Let me mm-hmm. figure that out. You know, let me research that and see if I can um, – you know, find a different approach to that or, or a different understanding that I'm missing. Yeah, I love that. And I think as you're sharing kind of throughout this whole thing, we've been focusing on scripture, but you've mentioned prayer and even community and worship and all these different things. And I think it's so important when we might focus on scripture right here, the whole, the whole goal again is to connect with God and there's different ways that we do that. And there's different parts of, you know, connecting through scripture and prayer. All of these different pieces are different ways for us to be with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so if in a season scripture isn't working, that doesn't mean just throw it away, you know, and and don't engage with scripture, but you have all these other ways. And if, 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 if anything, the goal is you want to connect with Jesus. And so talking about it in community is huge. I don't know how much of a gift that's been for me, you know what I mean? To be able to be honest about, I'm struggling with this in scripture, struggling with even connecting with God through scripture. And and sometimes somebody else even, you know, speaking scripture over me or praying for yeah. me is is what I needed to, to connect. And so thank you so much for coming and just sharing a little bit about your experience with us and encouraging us. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Pastor Jen. My encouragement to you this week is to just jump into scripture. Maybe you've been reading scripture on a regular basis for a long time and you just want to try something new. Or maybe this is the season where you begin to engage with God through scripture for the first time. If you have any questions for us, please don't hesitate to reach us at podcast at pureheart.org. Please remember also to send in your questions to podcast at pureheart.org for that Q&A episode that we have coming up in a few weeks. I love you, Pure Heart family, and we will see you here next week.